Amen. Thank you, Jerry, for sharing a song. We get together sometimes to read in the scriptures. Some have a song or a hymn or something to share with one another. So we appreciate that. The goodness of God is always. Before we get uh, a couple of things before I get started and you start your clocks. Uh, the first thing is just the, the thought of, uh, uh, in, in part, what uh, Jerry and his testimony was sharing with us, but also knowing what I've already got written down here and, um, in the message as it deals with our relationship with God. And so, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm just going to put this, like, lay it on the table. That, you know, between him and just what's here and all that, that I believe today could be a day for some of you who are here to make a change in your relationship with God and where you're at with him. Now, if you ask me, I know I would say that every day. Every time you're here, that's the plan. And for God to move in your life, I want to see a change. But what I'm saying is, this is not me. I'm saying that I'm thinking that God's trying to do something here this morning. And maybe you haven't been with us too often, or maybe you have been with us every single time, but whoever it might be. I just want to ask you this to be maybe a little more open than you usually are. Not to something I'm going to say, all right? But just a little more open to hear the God who loves you with an everlasting love who wants to break through this day. And at the end of the message, there'll be an opportunity to, to respond to him, to do something about that. So I'm kind of giving you a forewarning that God wants to work, although we should all know that, but that he wants to work in you today. Uh, the other thing is more of a... Uh, kind of an invitation recognition of our uh, summer Sunday night fellowships that everyone is invited to and be a part of. Uh, there were some uh, little half sheets that you could put on your refrigerator that were in the back uh, there. Uh, you've got them in your emails uh, at least ahead of time, kind of ahead some of the dates and times. And we're getting back to that. And uh, we just want us, I just want to encourage us to gather together as a family uh, to do that and to understand that everyone who is here this day, even if it's your first time, you're invited. You, you, are, We want everyone to be, you know, you're, you're here, we want you to be, uh, even if you're going to say, well, I'm not sure I'm part of this family yet, what I'm doing, listen, come to our family get-togethers. In fact, as you are getting ready to come uh, and planning to be there on these some, some of these Sunday nights, invite people. Uh, don't invite somebody who's going to some church someplace regularly, uh, someplace else. I, but somebody that's unchurched, somebody that does not have a real connection with God, invite them to meet his family. Not just on Sunday morning, but invite them to meet his family while we're throwing around a bag full of corn or uh, whatever it might be. Right, Kirby? Where, where? <laughs> he's up there. Uh, 
you know, it might be a number of different things that we'll do together, uh, fun and food and all of that. Uh, I just want to make sure not only that we take the opportunity, I know that many are filling this summer with two summers worth of activities. Uh, but to take the time to not only for us to gather together, but invite people just to come along to meet, you know, and who knows what might happen. If they meet his family, you bring him to meet his family, maybe they'll get a little glimpse of our father. What do you think? Amen? Amen. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's pray together. And then I would have you open up your Bibles to Genesis. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for being here with us. You are a good, good Father. Always, ever. And we will have all of eternity for that to sink in. But I pray you help us as that sinks in this morning that you would speak. Holy Spirit, that you would fall upon us and move in us in a way that only you can do. That you would speak beyond anything I'm saying. That we would hear that still small voice. That Father, that uh, of you, Father, of your hand on our shoulder, even in these moments. And that we would walk out of here with a different picture of you and us than what we walked in with. Thank you for all that you've done. We commit this time into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 18. Probably been a while since you had a sermon on this one. Uh, so Genesis 5, verse 18. When Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. And after he became the father of Enoch, Enoch Jared lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Jared lived a total of 962 years, and then he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God, and there was no more, because God took him away. And when Methuselah had lived 187 years, he became the father of Lamech. And after he had become the father of Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years and had other sons and daughters. And altogether, Methuselah lived a total of 969 years, and then he died. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he had a son. He named him Noah and said, He will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. After Noah was born, Lamech lived 595 years and had other sons and daughters. So, uh, up on the screen, walking with my heavenly dad. You see a picture of a dad walking with uh, their kid. You know, that uh, kind of a, a precious picture walking hand in hand together, a symbol of, uh, of fatherhood, of a special connection between a father and a child. And, and really, it's a picture not just of that moment in their life, you know, when they're young like that. In many ways, it's a picture... Uh, of that connection between a father and child throughout life. You know, dads, uh, and, and we get in trouble for it, but dads continue to just think of our kids as little kids. 
I mean, we recognize they grow up and all that, and we give them credit, but uh, it's not that they haven't grown or changed, but there's something about just the way we, we see our kid, the way we are. Symbolically as well, this could be a picture of the relationship between Enoch and God in our passage, walking together that he said for 300 years. Even more important is to see this is a, a, a symbolically a, a picture of our walk with God as Christians through this life, our walk with our heavenly dad. So the question is, as we begin, and then we'll see what happens at the end, the question is, what does, it, what does your picture look like with the heavenly dad? What, what would your picture look like if we, if we had a picture that put it up there? Would it be just a little kid standing by themselves? Would it just be God the Father standing there by himself? Would it be you and God together? Or, or would it be pictured, it would be you and God, but you would be much older than this. I'm no toddler, you know, right? Uh, we'd be, we'd be uh, older, more mature, uh, more able, standing with our Father. And we wouldn't be holding hands. What would our picture look like today? I want us to think about it because we're going to look at the picture of Enoch and his heavenly dad. And not only think about what our picture would like, like look like but what it should be to walk out there, recommitted, walk out of here, recommitted to God's wonderful plan of walking with our heavenly dad. So how do we begin this? First, we need to recognize there's two sides to this. And the first is maybe I might need some help. I always need help. We'll see. We can get this. Our heavenly dad desperately desires to walk with us all day. That's number one. You know, before we start talking, well, you know what? We need to walk with God. You know what? Here's what we got to grasp. Is that our heavenly dad desires to walk with us all day. It's about a relationship. It's about a, a relationship that's an ongoing walk that's every day, but not just every day, but all day. Not meeting him once a day, but every step along the way. To say, I'm walking with God implies a continual moving forward together. Yet there are those today who say, well, all I really need to do is just meet God at some point. If I just meet him at some point in time, that... When the time comes later and I have to go meet God again, you know, standing up at the gates type of thing at the end of life. If, if, I, if I'm good enough to get in, well, most of us recognize, you know what, no, I'm not going to be good enough, so that's not it. But, but, but because I met God earlier and, and because I said those magical, I'm sorry, please forgive me words, well, then I get to stay at my father's house for eternity. Even though we didn't spend time walking with our father through this life, which actually is what our father wants. It is what Enoch did. He not only walked with God through this life, but he walked in an extraordinary way with God into the next life. 
When we're reading about each of those people that in Genesis there. They lived 960, they lived 900, and then they died. Except for Enoch. Our heavenly dad is looking for us not just to get together for regular meetings, but to go on one big, long walk. We read again about Enoch in the New Testament in Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, okay, so this will have to be, I'll just like make the sound beep or something. I, no, I, I, won't, I won't be that annoying. Uh, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. See, here's Enoch. He didn't experience death. And part of that is because he's one who pleased God. He loved walking with God. But what was even just as important is that God loved walking with him. God was pleased to walk with him. Religion will tell you, if you've got to please God, then what you've got to do is follow the rules. Don't do this. Don't do bad. Do good. Not to say that you, know, you should go ahead and just do whatever you want, but that's all conditional love that we have to earn. There are already too many people now today that feel like they don't measure up ever to please their heavenly father. In many ways, they never felt like they ever measured up to please their earthly father. But we have a God, a father of unconditional love that is grace alone, that is based on his character, not on ours. Think about it. If whether we are good or bad, whether we are doing the religious right things, and I'm not saying we should not do those things, but if that's the only thing that we're doing to try to please God, then none of us will do it. We will all fall short and fail just like Enoch because we are all sinners, even Enoch. Even if he was like just the best behaved person in the world at that time. Think about it. What happened between him and God was epic. It was rare. He got to go right to be with God. Why? Because he was the best behaved person? Really? Or could it be he was pleasing to God? What was pleasing to God with with, uh, Enoch was something more, something deeper that is connected to a relationship that is connected to one another, that walked with one another. Walked with one another. Too many have this sense of religion that walks after God. And and that can be good, but there's this religion that walks after God, but we miss out on the relationship that walks with God. Pleasing God is not a one-way street. It's not just something that we've got to do. Okay, we got to do You know what? God experiences pleasure from being with us. It's not just because Enoch walked with him, but because God, his heavenly dad, desperately desired to walk with Enoch. And God, our heavenly dad, desperately desires to walk with us. And I'm not just talking to those, well, we're talking to those who haven't really made it. That decision for Christ. Oh, I'm talking to, for, to Christians here. We're missing it. To say that we, we should be walking with our heavenly dad may seem a little strange to some. Some are like, whoa, well, that's kind of familiar, kind of close family language. Uh, 
you know, although some people do occasionally say, well, yeah, God's my father. I mean, you talk to people, God, God's a father. He's everyone's father. You know, it, somehow thinking that everyone on the planet has a relationship with God as a father, but that's not true. Yes, he is everyone's creator. He is everyone's creator. That's what he has done. But he is not necessarily everyone's dad because that's who he is. Not just in himself, but to him, us. Because not everyone is in God's family. In fact, we began when we began, we were God's enemies. For if we, while we were God's enemies, Romans 5.10, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? There comes a point in time we must make a choice to be a part of his family, and he receives us in. There would be no reason to become a part of God's family if we were already all in his family. Uh, John, Jesus talks in John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13 about this. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of husband's will, but born of God. You see there it's saying he gave the right to become, which means we weren't, to become children of God, to have that kind of relationship with a father a heavenly dad we read later that this relationship as it's changed in us that takes place and what what happens is something amazing because in romans 8 verse 15 the spirit you receive as a as a believer when we believe in christ we receive the holy spirit in that moment the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again rather the spirit you receive brought about your adoption into sonship And by him we cry, Abba, Father, Dad. We're able to say that. To say, Dad. Not everyone on this planet can call him Dad. Not everyone, just because they're an American, can call him Dad. Not everyone who goes and attends and is in a church does call him Dad because not everyone has been adopted into his family. Not everyone has reached out to receive the gift of that God wants to give that will change us completely from the inside out to become a new person with a new family. I I want you to think about it as we're talking about Enoch. It seems when we look at the Genesis passage in verse uh, 22 and 23, if you go back to uh, that, that Exodus part there, it said after he became, and talking about Enoch, uh, it says uh, actually in verse 21, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. All right? Follow, you don't have to do too much math here. You just kind of have to grasp, grasp it. All right? 65 years, father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God for 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Walked with God for, he had, all right, so he lived for 65 years, had his son, walked with God for 300. Total of 365. There was a point in time for Enoch that is pointed out in this verse at least. We, we don't know all, but there was a point in time where there was a change. Something happened. That point in time, he had, part of what maybe woke him up was he became a dad. 
How about that? How many of that has happened to? He became dad. And from that point on, 300 years, Enoch walked with his heavenly dad. For each and every one of us, there is a point a line that we need to step across, a decision that we need to make somewhere along the line. Not just to suddenly say, well, I, I believe it in my head, but in our heart, something so much more than that. What God wants to be able to begin that walk with us, that real personal relationship that he has talked about having with people throughout the Old and the New Testament. This is why we exist. Our heavenly dad desires to walk with us. We were created for communion with God. This is not some extra. This is not some add-on. This is not for serious spiritual Christians. This is not an option. This is what Enoch did in walking with God. It is normal life of true believers. It's what happened later with Noah. We read later with Noah in Genesis 6, 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. The same thing said about his great-grandfather. And he walked faithfully with God. We read about that with uh, Abraham in Genesis 24. He replied, The Lord before whom I have walked faithfully will send his angel with you and make your journey a success so that you can get a wife for my son, for my own clan, and from my father's family. He walked, walked with him faithfully continued to be this is what god's desire for us is in first corinthians chapter one god is faithful who called you into fellowship with his son in second corinthians 13 may the grace of the lord jesus christ the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit and walking is it another word we say fellowship just continuing to just be and dwell to abide with him as we go along and we see that god's desire to walk with us every day was always the plan from the first man when we messed up. Adam, who before the fall enjoyed fellowship with God in a real and personal relationship that walked with him. I mean, just think about when things got all messed up. Then the man and his wife heard in Genesis 3, verse 8, heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. God wanted something more. There's a sense that this is not about getting religion, getting back to religion. There's a sense this is about getting back to restoring the garden relationship that just is there with God. It's just walk with God, to be with Him all day in every way. Communion, connection. Can you imagine being like Enoch? Being so close to God that heaven is just one step away. He had his own personal rapture. We've been talking about the end times, and we'll get back to that next week. End times 101, get ready for the final battle. Uh, all that's going to happen. It's not the final message, but it is the final battle. Uh, you know, here's Enoch experiencing this. God took him. It wasn't seen as something bad or sad, but a glad thing. He only was on this earth about a third of the time of all the rest of those that were there, but it was good. A heavenly dad so desired to walk with Enoch 
that he invited him to walk a little further one day and just stay. Can you imagine having that relationship with God? That's what he wants of us. I remember a time when my kids were uh, too grown up to want to hold onto uh, dad's hands, right? They, 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 everybody, not everybody, but you hit that point, just, just too grown up. And I don't know about you uh, guys, but I miss that. You know, I, I missed that when it wasn't happening. And, and, and I understood, but you, you miss that. And, and occasionally, you know, they would, there would be something that would startle them or something going on and, and they'd come over and they'd grab a hold of your hand, right? Because something, you know, they're kind of going along, but when something they weren't sure, they did come over and grab your hand, and that was nice. You know, they needed dad, they needed that, that sense of security. But what was really special was when as we're walking along, and for no reason at all, they just walk up and grab a hold of your hand. Just to walk with you. I can only imagine how our heavenly dad feels. And he does feel. He does have that sense that he delights in us. He has that sense that he's pleased. He has that sense that he wants to walk with us. And can you imagine if today, and and, and I'm not just talking about those who may have strayed way far away. I'm, I'm talking about just all of us who, you know, we feel close to God, but we're kind of not just walking along holding his hand. Today, I want to encourage us to grab a hold. That really leads us to, to our part of this. We, just as he is desperately desiring to be with us, we also need to desperately desire to walk with our heavenly dad in all ways. Uh, so do we know, can you say today, do you know that God is walking with you every step Every day, every way. Not, not just you know that in your head. Let's not do the religious thing here, you know. Yeah, it answers Jesus. Uh, you know, it's, it, do we know, not just as a fact, do we know by faith in our inner being that yes, God is walking with me every step of the way. But you know what, that's, that, even that's not enough. There's more than just knowing deep within there is that which is experiencing it. A real experience, an encountering of God, of walking with us. Uh, the, that picture where the father and the child, you know, the picture that's even up there. Is that, is that your real life experience every moment of the day with God? And some people say, uh, oh, yeah. Most of the time, or uh, sometimes I, I would say that's the picture up there. I mean, I, I know God's there. I know he's with me every step of the way. But to have this picture holding on to that, to have it every day, every moment of the day, is that even possible? One thing's for sure. It's not possible to encounter God in a way that he's walking right beside us each day if we ourselves are not walking with him in every way. It, it seems like a simple thing, 
and 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 probably you know you all are here and those who are listening you guys are amazing so you've got this but i can't tell you how many people i've talked to that they they don't get this it takes two to walk together are you with me it takes two to walk together It's not just about God. It is about us as well in this. Genesis 5 is talking about Enoch. It wasn't just that God walked with him, but Enoch. It says, walked with God for 300 years, never letting go of the Father's hands. A consistent connection with God, desperately desiring to walk with him. If we go back to that passage in uh, the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 11, that talked about Enoch. You remember we had those verses right beforehand and how he pleased God and how he was walking. So just the next verses. So in the context, seeing that oftentimes we just read these verses outside of the context and that there's meaning there, but it applies to Enoch's life as well. So Hebrews 11, verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. We already read Enoch was somebody who pleased God, possible to please God because anyone who exists, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about the things yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is keeping with faith. So here it is. What is that by faith must believe that he exists and rewards those who earnestly seek him? It was definitely a reward to walk right into heaven, to walk right in with Father. Enoch was one, as he walked, earnestly sought God every day, every moment, continued to walk with the heavenly dad. Fully dedicated, heart, soul, mind, strength. You can't walk this halfway. It's about being in a growing relationship that desires to get nearer to God. It's crying out like the psalmist. But as for me in Psalm 73, it is good to be near God. That's what I want. I want to just reach up and grab my heavenly dad's hand. It is good. This is what I want. And often we assume that our relationship with God is good, or at least it's good enough. We can say that we're close with God. And yet, many times, even in our sense of we are close with God, we can't really say that we're actually together in every way with him. Being close with our heavenly dad is not something that just happens in one church service or some special time alone that we have with him. It it is something that happens when we faithfully and consistently walk with him each step, each breath throughout the day, holding on to our heavenly dad's hand, moving forward in faith, not standing in the same place. It comes from that desperate, earnest desire to seek him, that that kind of desire, that desperateness that, that is talked about, the psalmist talks about, like in Psalm 63, you, God, are my God, earnestly, earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. That earnestness that was talked about in Hebrews that Enoch had, this is it, this is his desire. It's throughout the Psalms in other places, like Psalm 42, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Perhaps we can say we've been there, we've sought the Lord with all our heart, and and, and we've known that real sense of, uh, of experience, that close walk with God, Throughout a day, 
throughout the time, not just checking in, but walking with. But is it past tense or present that we've experienced that? Where we were fully aware and fully enthralled with him. To walk with God is always present tense. Yes, there's a past and yes, there will be a future, but it must be present. Yet some think, and I know some might think, you know, we're holding up Enoch as an example here, that he doesn't count because, I mean, think about it. That was way back then. Things were so much easier in life in those days. Things weren't that hard. You know, I'll walk with God. Things didn't get so complicated. Uh, I didn't have people that were all weird and godless and all that kind of stuff. It was just easy. Uh, if it was that easy, why don't we read back then in the word that everybody just got to walk right into the presence of heaven with God? All right? It, it wasn't about that. At times, we're easy and I'm close. Enoch was a real person with a real life. I know there's not a lot we have on him. In Hebrews chapter 11, before the one we looked at earlier, verse 5, it says that uh, one of the things it says about him, he, he was not found. You know, it's kind of like he was walking and then he was looked for, but he was not found because that implies somebody was looking for him. He was missed. We know all the way back in Genesis that he had a family. He was not some hermit that spent all his time with the heavenly dad, just opened the Bible and just uh, spent the whole time there and then occasionally came out of the cave to go get some groceries. You know, it's, it's not what was going on with him. It was very clear in his faith example of how he walked with God, clear to his children, clear to his grandchildren, even his great-grandchildren. Enoch lived in a very fallen world, a very, very clear fallen world as we see of how it got to how it got to the point with his great-grandson even before his great-grandson kind of came on the scene and was doing stuff what do we read about remember his great-grandson noah genesis 6 5 the lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth do you think that just happened in the last 10 years no this is what enoch was dealing with and seeing it move that way and that every inclination, every inclination of the thoughts of human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply, deeply troubled. We read on. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I've created and with them the animals, the birds, the creatures that move along the ground for I will regret I've made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now, Noah and himself, and we can talk about you know, that's a whole different message of what is it about Noah and his character and how he found favor in the Lord and how he was pleased. But, you know, one of the things he had going for him is he had a great-grandfather who walked faithfully with God. It set, he, he never met him and yet set that example that Noah was the one God chose to save the world. Enoch had a life, a spiritual life that was alive. Not just in that, and we say, well, kind of read into that. Well, here's what we know about Enoch. He obviously must have said something to others. And he had a life close enough and such a connection with God 
that God spoke to him in some amazing, like mind-blowing, end times 101 stuff we've been talking about. I don't know how many of you have committed to memory the book of Jude. Jude, chapter 14, or not chapter 14, Jude 14 and 16, actually 14. Enoch, the seventh from Adam. We just That's who we're talking about. Enoch prophesied. We're going way back. He prophesied about them. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them and all of the ungodly acts that have committed in their ungodliness and all the defiant words of ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desire. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. We're going back to Enoch in chapter 5 of Genesis and this stuff was happening and God was showing because he so walked with God so close. He got something that of many hundreds and thousands of years, really many hundreds of years, others did not get. When we make it a priority to walk with our heavenly dad, that example gets passed on. It didn't matter that Enoch's time was short, shorter than most. He made a dramatic difference as a dad because he walked with his dad, his heavenly dad. Got a legacy. So here's the thing. Just as we kind of wrap it up here, where are you at in walking with your heavenly dad? I know there are many that we, we convince ourselves, well, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm mostly walking with God. I'd say I'm mostly walking with God. I want us to think about that state for a moment. I am mostly walking this way. If part of me is still over here, that is not going to be something to brag about. Like, hey, I'm good. I am mostly walking this way. But there is a part of me, and there is a part of me, <laughs> that is not wanting to go that way. It's kind of over here. You can't. You don't, there is no such thing as mostly walking with God. Are you with me? I'm not saying that it's all bad between you and God. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, for everyone, oh, we just got to get it. It's a question of whether, what's the picture going to look like? What, what's it really going to look like? Are we just going to be this? Or are we going to be that little child that wriggles their hand free, Right? Get get it out of dad's hand and at full speed, take off in the direction that they want to go. Not looking back, smiling, right? I've already seen it. Uh, I got this uh, with grandkids uh, this weekend here. Feeling free, feeling free, going, going until you're just going, they're going so fast or they trip on something on the path and fall and it's no fun anymore. Crying. Why me? Why me? I was walking with dad. Why is this? Well, that's the difference between was and is. You hear Christians saying, I, I, I'm, I'm still good. I still be, very much believe in God. I, 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 I love God. I, I live for God. Yes, everything's okay. Okay, okay. But there's something more that we're missing so many times in the picture. It's not this picture. It's not. Actually walking with our father. I mean, if we were really walking with our father, then would we be laying over there on the ground with our knees scraped up and crying about the pain in our life and having to call on our father to come over 
and help us. You don't need to come over if he's already walking with you. There's a point in time we just need this little epiphany that's going to lights to come on. You know what? Obviously, I mean, I can be good with God, but I'm not walking with him or else I would be there with him. And he and sometimes it's obvious that we're not that we're going in a direction that we should not be walking. Obviously, if we're going in a direction that God's not walking. And I know some we talk about this recognizing the sin and we need to stop and we need to fix the sin problem. But sometimes I think the long term answer may better be fixing the father problem instead of just trying to fix the sin problem, just trying to stop something, but to start walking, just start. It's a whole lot easier to stay on the path through the trials and tribulations of this life if we keep a hold of our father's hand and keep walking with him. We're not going to, you're not going to struggle, not that you're not going to struggle, but you're not going to be falling and down and hurting all those other things that are happening and the things going on and it's just so much easier this what this is talking about this we've said communion we saw fellowship we talk about walk uh galatians chapter 5 speaks of it about keeping in step with the spirit all of these things are part of the christian life we want to try to to understand because we can't do it on our own we were never meant to instead we were meant to walk like this picture of holding on that's the way it always was In John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. As much as we want to do this Christian life with a good heart for the glory of God, our Father, we can't do it on our own. We need that continual dependent connection. Just like that picture of the vine and the branches together. We need that connected. That vine and the branches connected always is that connection of us holding on to the Father's hands. Uh, to abide, to consistently live and dwell. Not just a quick shout out to God uh, uh, at mealtimes. Not just meeting up with Him every, uh, you know, every Sunday or even uh, every day. And you know, many of us, we, we get up and we talk with God and, and, and pray and, and, and ask Him and for help and things and we read his word and we receive from it not just in a religious way but in a way that you know what god's speaking to me but then when we're done with that and we get up are we walking out of our quote devotions and let go of the hand it was a great time but god wants to continue to walk when you walk out of devotions and guess what God wants to continue to walk with you when you walk out of here this morning. I ask the worship team to come. God's not looking for just a stroll. He's looking for us deliberately desiring to keep a hold of hand and keep walking. And those of you who are with us today, even those of you who have joined us online, in a moment we're going to pray, we're going to sing a response song. And and I just want to encourage us in this Father's Day and every day can be Father's Day for our Heavenly Father, right? Is that we would make that decision no matter where we're at with God. There's nobody exempt, including the pastor, from this. You know, this is not a, a condemnation thing. This is a, a blessing thing that he wants to do. And so 
to be able to just say, you know what, I want in a real way to experience and to know I'm going to grab a hold of my heavenly dad's hand and just walk and keep walking with him. And I know God is everywhere, and I know that God is with us and he is never going to leave us. We've got all that. But we're really not thinking about that throughout the day. Kind of, I meet with God here, I check with him there. Keep a hold. And so today, I'm, I'm going to ask that as we sing this song, if you're able, and I understand if you're not, to stand. In fact, let's go ahead and stand now. If you're able to stand. And as we stand, to say in a real way, symbolically, I want to change that picture. And to walk with God, some of you really just need to walk out of where you're at in that in those uh, rows, and just come to the front. Uh, nobody has to, uh, if you want somebody to pray with you, we can, but it's just between you and the Father, just to say, I'm going to walk with God, so I'm going to walk. You need something more, you, 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 maybe it's the first time that you've really made that decision. Let us know, we'll help you and pray with you about that. And it may be as well with that as we just step out, I'm going to walk with you, God, starting right now, in this moment, make that commitment and physically show it. And then just to reach up our hand like a little toddler and grab a hold. Father, help us in this. This is up to you. There is no one here, including myself, that does not need this. In fact, there's no one here, including you. As our Heavenly Dad, you want this, you want the reality of every moment, every day, every way, just walking with you again. Not religion, but a relationship that's so real that we experience it. Your presence. Thank you, Dad. Speak, move, Holy Spirit.